Hello, Rain. This is a uh, family like a ghost. Fine. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. So finally, uh, we got it after a. We we used to be on a different platform, and now we're on a new platform. But we're talking to you again, so it's great great to hear from you. So. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'll just give give a little preface to everyone. Um, this is Family Electric Ghost. I interview um, indie artists from around the world. I used to be on an app called Spearman, but they kind of moved into doing video podcasting capabilities and went away from doing the audio. So I found Anchor. Actually, they actually told me about it. And um, I've been doing um, continuing my interviewing on this platform. And... Um, it's been pretty good. We've been doing a lot of interviews this year. One of the cool things about this platform actually is a true podcast platform, and it publishes to Apple, uh, Radio Public, and maybe seven other podcasting um, apps. So that's good. It's pretty cool. And then it also has the ability to include as segments your artist songs on Apple Music or Spotify. So any of the songs you have on Apple Music or Spotify, I can actually add as a segment to this podcast. Oh, that's awesome. And it actually has a link to directly to Apple Music or Spotify, so you'll get the credit for those plays, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah, so so let me let me get into like what you've been doing since the last time we talked. <laughs> so, oh my God, my life has been crazy since we last talked. Um a single since we last spoke uh it's called make me uh it's been doing pretty well uh it's actually i'm a finalist in the unsigned only competition right now with that song uh, which is very exciting um i'm building my show and i'm in the studio every single month so i have a lot of new stuff coming out so you're actually putting together an album or you're just doing singles i think i'm doing singles right now uh singles with videos Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's where, you, where I first found you. Like you were doing lots of YouTube videos, um, and you had some really good videos from your material Thank back you. in uh, 2017. Um, so I know, like one of your your newer songs is like "Make Me," right? Yeah. And then you did a a, a remix of like we used to. Is that a remix or is that old? Uh, I, yeah, it's from uh, last year. But it's funny that you said that because I actually a single with the person who uh in coming up soon oh. so it should be in the next couple of months that's awesome yeah so yeah so you were well, you were in greece right last time i was trying to interview on experiment we we're having all kinds of trouble and you were going to greece right if i was right yeah um i was actually writing for um another artist in Greece. It was a life-changing experience. I want to go back so badly. Um, and it was amazing. We just wrote every single day for hours and hours. Um, it was fantastic. Can you tell everybody who you were writing for or you got some contractual obligations? Um, I can say. Um, I was working with uh, Ace Jax. Uh, he's a um, Greek DJ. Um, he's doing really well and he's actually touring China right now. Wow, that's pretty cool. Do you think you'll ever like guest on his shows or show up where he's playing i have no idea at this point <laughs> who knows yeah you never know when you work with somebody that can happen but um that's cool so so yeah you've been you've been doing a lot of work since the last time we talked i know 
yeah, we're going through a lot of stuff. You know, I've, I've gone through this, some stuff myself, but, um, uh, yeah, it's just the process, you know, of being an artist and how, where you, where you go from, from one year to the next, but it sounds like you're, you're feeling really good that you're in the studio a lot. So that, that must be, you know, as a creative person, that must feel really good to do that. It's life-changing, honestly, because I've been writing since I was 11 and I've written hundreds of songs, but getting them done professionally has always been, well, it's expensive, you know, it's a business, it's a lot um, to do it the way I want to. So it's amazing to be in the studio twice a month now. I have so many songs and I'm dying to get them out. So are you getting support from someone to be able to do that? Um, I'm working with lots of different people right now. Um, I'm working with a collective called the AMAG Collective. Um, and my manager is a part of that. Um, uh, his name is Mike T. And I also have been working with a couple different labels. I've worked with PM Recordings. And uh, right now I'm working with Bonfire Records uh, from the States. Um, so yes and no. A lot of it's self-funded, though. It's, it's, um, it's a lot, but it's amazing. Yeah, I've never been able to get, well, I had some, almost some false starts to be able to do some studio work in Boston, but I'm kind of a recording geek. I have my own home recording studio that I've kind of built up over the last 10 years, and I'm always buying new stuff, so I'm kind of a, like, I, I would love to go to a, a, a pure studio, but I do have a lot of equipment, so I kind of just am able to do what I want when I want, but um yeah, it would be cool to actually go to the, each studio has a different feel. If you go, you know, you ever seen the movie Sound City and, and, and there's this whole thing with uh, Dave Grohl. He's searching out like a classic Neve board, which like is an old soundboard that like Fleetwood Mac recorded rumors on. Um, oh, cool. And it had like a sound quality it was a full analog soundboard created by this genius guy named Robert Neve. And Robert Neve was kind of like Robert Moog. He was like this genius electronic um, per, um, inventor but he what, like unlike Moog who built the synthesizer he built these really awesome mixing boards that have this quality that like nobody else has because they have a lot of classic albums like Tom Petty like Gamut of Torpedoes was done on it Rumors was done on it and there's a certain quality to those uh, to his um, recording board which was like unlike any other board went and found it and put it into his own studio. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a whole movie called Sound City. It kind of talks about the old school, like, nature of, like, recording on these old boards and this being one of the one of the more famous mixing boards back in the day. It was in this, like, kind of dilapidated studio, but the studio created, like, awesome records. And there's, like, a lot of awesome records that were mm -hmm. recorded there. Um, because it just had the sound quality to the mics, to the preamps, to everything that you really can't get from other boards. And um, wow. that's kind of the reason why you go to studios sometimes is because they have mixing boards or they have capabilities like that, you know, or recording engineers are just like, they kind of give a good, like, a good premise that every, you know, the people who've been just using Pro Tools or FL Studio, if you watch that movie, you kind of see why you would go to the studio. <laughs> It's true. Although right now, like I've been in a whole bunch of different studios, um, big and small, but a lot of it, even in the fancy studios, they're all done on the computer. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just like the times have just changed, um, which is crazy. 
but I honestly I love like obviously with good equipment but a good home studio I like like the home feel where I can feel relaxed and kind of feel comfy especially if I'm there for hours um yeah but yeah yeah uh, the more recording studios I'll I'll have more preferences I guess <laughs> yeah you know you just if you get to the you know record plan or electric lady or you get these famous ones like uh, Olympia and in, in, in like uh, London, there's certain studios like Abbey Road Studio. Everybody knows that one, the Beatles Studio. But Electric Lady was Hendrix's studio. Um, and there's certain things about like th- there's certain people that still like to use the old analog stuff. You know, it's more in the underground. Um, yeah. But but there's a certain quality to running like tape and doing stuff on tape versus the computer that. If you ever get a chance to go to a place that's doing tape, you'll you'll kind of hear a big difference. Um, but yeah, it's just something I'm I'm moving toward myself. Just because there's a there's a whole group of people that want to hear stuff like that now, yeah, and they're kind of going the other way. <laughs> and so, well, just like records are back too, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the people who want the vinyl also want to know yeah. that if something's on vinyl that was recorded like on analog tape. So it's like the other step to it. Hmm, okay. But um, yeah. So so can you talk about any of the new material that that's going to be coming out, like in detail? Uh yeah. So I can talk about my my next single. Um, I'm working on all the details right now. It's called "Not Lose You." It's the most. Uh, it's interesting. It feels the most me of anything I've released so far. Uh. Like, I've been writing forever, and um, I play the piano, and it's just a slow, super sad piano ballad, Um, and it's weird that I haven't actually released something like that, because I'd say over half of my songs are that way, Um, so I'm really excited, and another exciting thing about it is in the video, there's going to be dancing, Um, and a lot of my fans don't know, but I'm actually um, a professional dancer and um, a dance choreographer. I've choreograph like hundreds of routines and take them to competition um and I don't know I haven't used it yet so I'm really excited for this song because it feels like really really showing a different side of me yeah I think I remember you had um show you had sent me I think you had had pushed some like um small clips of you playing piano when your father was sick um I remember that you would have done that I think you had talked about how how you like to play piano but you hadn't really put it on record um that sounds really cool. They, they, that's what you're doing with this record. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, so I mean, so when's the video going to show up on the YouTube? Is it going to come ahead of the, the track? Um, I think they'll come out at the same time. Everything's being finalized right now. Um, it should be coming out, the single and the video, in September. Um, I do have quite a few collabs happening right now, too, though, so I'm trying to there's a lot of business stuff going on, making sure things don't come out at the same time. Oh, so um, you're trying to space it out. When you have a lot. So is a lot, is a lot of this stuff going to come out in 2018 or is it going to get pushed to like 2019? Um, I think there'll be at least, uh, there will 100% be Not Lose You in 2018 and there might even be another one as well. Um, and then there will definitely be a collab that um, will be coming out in September too. Okay, cool. So you're really, you really, you got a lot of things going on. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty crazy time right now. <laughs> so are you going to be still, uh, are you going to be doing any like 
shows. I know you had said you had done some shows at some point, some like related to like, uh, I don't know if it was vegetarian or green or something you told me about. <laughs> vegan. vegan. Yeah, <laughs> vegan. Vegan festivals. Are, are you going to be doing any shows? Uh, yeah, so I'm developing my show right now. Um, I have done quite a few shows, um, but right now I'm trying to build um, like more of an experience. Um, so it's a lot of work. I don't want to say too much because okay. um, it's still in the works, but I'm I'm planning pretty big a pretty big show right now, and I am actually just planning um, vegan again, but a vegan uh, like concert series, um, and I have pretty big support on that, so oh. that'll be pretty exciting as well. So when you do a show, are you gonna have like a full band backing you up are you going to play piano are you going to do like your own choreography how much of that can you tell us it kind of depends on the venue um so it's hard i'm going to have different options where i will have dancers i will 100 percent play piano sometimes in every show i do um and i usually have a a dj slash a drummer that uh, always comes with me um he it's kind of cool he makes the drums into electronic sounds as well as actual drums um but it looks like he's playing the drums oh, that's cool uh, so it's a little bit different yeah it's cool um he's amazing uh, i've known him a really long time so he always comes with me and then i kind of just depending on the size of the stage um i add like extra pieces depending that's cool so yeah because some, some folks you know um today they not don't you know, some people operate like DJs and they only bring like FL Studio or they'll bring like, you know, their their Mac and maybe a DJ with some kind of, you know, board or some kind of, you know, sequencing type of tool. Um, but it's cool to actually have like pianos and I'm a big proponent since I'm a musician of, of actually seeing people actually play. Um, yeah. Just because I'm kind of from... from you know, back in the day when I would go see a concert and people actually played instruments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rare now. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like when I go to a club as the ghost, sometimes like I'll, I'll show up with my five road cases and they're like, how come it's not just a Mac? You know, because I'm actually going to play. <laughs> you know? It's, it's like, what? Well, instruments? Yeah, it's like, I need a sound tech. I got to come like an hour early. I actually have to set up and I have to play. And it seems like a lot of clubs are like just used to people just hooking their Mac up and that's it. And, you know, I think, you know, some of the kids don't know what it's like to see somebody actually play. And so it's cool to actually hear when I interview bands, like the bands that are still having people that actually, you know, do that, um, which is cool. But I know in different situations, they, they can't because they just, you know, the place is too small. And they don't have the ability to support that. But it's cool when you can actually play a real keyboard or have somebody play a guitar it's hard with finances though like it's hard to support a band behind you like i just had this conversation the other day with someone else we were talking about um, different genres coming in and out of popularity and how rock is relatively dead of course there's a niche for it um but it hasn't like gotten so popular that it was in the inspiring pop music in a long time um and we were talking about like when we think it's going to make a comeback. And I said, honestly, it's hard now. I'm not sure because it's just too expensive for new acts to, to pay session musicians. Now it's really sad. Um, especially with all the people stealing music. Um, yeah. It's, you just can't compete with the electronic acts. Like you just can't like financially compete. 
Um, yeah. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an electronic act, but I actually play synths. And, you know, w- within the electronic music genre, there are DJs and then there are people who do like synth wave, dark wave, you know, modular synth music. And, and what's interesting at the same time, like, you know, Fender guitars, like, I, well, I think Gibson guitars went bankrupt. Um, Fender's still around, but um, synthesizer companies that went out of business, like Moog and Profit, that were big, big in the new wave movement back in the, you know, beginning of the new wave, they're all back because, like, in Europe and Asia and, you know, all over the world, there's a lot of synth bands, kind of like new wave bands, are back. And, you know, maybe they're not as big as the big rock bands because you can maybe just have two people. You know, you don't have to have four-piece, five-piece band. But they're still playing instruments. Um, but it's different yeah. types of instruments, you know. And so it's not all just running off a computer. They're actually playing modes and profits. And, and so there is some really cool stuff going on there, and that's kind of where I live. But it's, it's, a, it's not rock, you know, it's something else. Yeah. Definitely cool. I know a lot of just like electronic acts and then I know acoustic, a lot of acoustic acts like people will bring like a guitar or like their keyboard. Yeah. Um, and I know some bands too, just not as many as before. Yeah, it's just not, it's not the age of heavy metal where you had like, you know, all the big heavy metal hair bands and traditional like rock, like Grateful Dead type of bands that had that kind of yeah. pull. It just doesn't seem to be that error anymore. There isn't even really like, because like in pop, there was like, all American Rejects, and there was um, like Follow Boy, and there was like Green Day and My Chemical Romance that were very rock inspired, but they were still in like the pop rock genre. Like that, that whole pop rock genre is pretty gone right now. Yeah, you know, you got yeah. kind of moved into all pop. You got standard bears like you know Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam can still pull a, a big rock audience, kind of, all, of you course. know, alternative. You know, you'll get a band like Radiohead that's very you know you know forward leaning. Or being like Wilco are still really active, but you know those are far, far and far between. I mean, th- those are the kind of modern bands that are still doing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, you don't see a lot of young bands. Um, most of those bands are all the guys are like middle aged now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's the older generation, and um, there's some young people that like it too. But I think just like new acts is just so like I was saying, it's so expensive. Um, for us to keep alive that like even the thought of hiring a band behind you is like yeah right but you like yeah. even for traveling yeah it's hard right like to even travel with all your yeah. instruments it's way harder well i mean if you think about it when i you know i'm just a one-man band i got five road cases you know the overhead <laughs> is i have to get a u-haul i have to have roadies even though i'm one guy i gotta have like two roadies i gotta have a van and you know i gotta take care of that and if I just came with a laptop, it's a lot less expensive. So my overhead is higher than somebody that comes in like a DJ with this. Like a, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, but because I want to play, I, I'm willing to deal with it. But I can see where a younger band was like, well, I don't need to have all that overhead. And and you still can do, be very creative and do a lot of cool stuff. It's just a different experience, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just different. Which is cool. I mean, because you can still dance and you don't have to have a big road case to go, you know, do a dance or do a performance with cool lights and stuff. You can you can do some pretty cool things performance wise without having like a big semi truck worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's, it's letting people I think it's actually forcing creativity 
at a, at a totally different level, right? If you went back 20 years ago, bands, you know, they had a semi, they had a tour bus, they had a tour manager, they had all this stuff. Um, it was part of being on the label that you had all that stuff. But now people have to be a little bit more innovative and creative, and they can still do some pretty cool things. I've seen the innovative acts that don't have all that overhead. Um, yeah, you can do such cool things still. It's just you have to be, yeah, like you just said, super creative. Yeah, so I mean, so I, 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 you know, it sounds like you have a lot of the, the skill sets that, that can help in this kind of new era because that you're a choreographer, you know how to play piano, you've got like a good handle on songwriting, you've been doing it for a long time. So it's like, it's like you're just waiting to get out there, you know, and, and do it. And it looks like you're really starting to push it this year. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. To actually see that, that that's what's going on. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to do more and more. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, I used to have a full-time job, and um, now being a recording artist is my full-time job. And I do um, a little bit of work on the side, uh, freelance-type stuff. But generally, um, this is my life now. So. Well, that's awesome to hear. Because that, that, that is the goal of every musician is to be able to do it, like, full-time. And, and, you know, to be able to get to doing it like 98% of the time or 90% of the time, that is like everybody's goal you know, that's really into it. Um, and so to hear that, you know, after I interviewed you, you know, in 2017, to hear that's where you are now, that's awesome. That's really cool. Congratulations. That's really, that's all, that's a really, I don't know. <laughs> but that, that, that is everybody's goal. So everybody I talk to, um, that's where they want to be. Um, and some of them are there. But as indie artists, not all of them are there. Like a lot of people still have their day job. So, yeah, that's what I focus on on this show. So it's it's cool. I think that's inspirational. So that's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it, honestly, it's made all the difference. Like when I had a full-time job, um, it was just like I actually loved my job. But um, when my dad got sick, it became really hard because then I was trying to be a singer. I was trying to – I was running a dance studio. That's what I was doing. And I was had to go back and forth to London, so it's about three hours from here, um, to take care of him. And um, it started affecting my work, and I just had to leave. And even though I was, it was really hard for me, and I was really sad about it, it was actually um, such a blessing in disguise. So much so, um, because it forced me to do this. It forced me to do my music. And um, now I'm in like such an amazing happy place um, surrounded by a huge supportive team. Um, and because I take it seriously, other people take me seriously too. So it's, it's really amazing. Yeah. That's really one of the things I hear with a lot of artists, you know, it's like the discipline of being a, like a musician and then having the vision to actually translate that to finding your audience and getting to the place where you can actually do it full time. That's really like, the, the kind of journey everybody wants to be on and you know not everybody's lucky enough to find a way to get there um but they keep yeah. on pushing toward it so that's really awesome to hear that that's what what happened out of such a you know bad situation um yeah because like you know you can take a lot of brings you on a path and you, you sometimes you don't know where it's leading you but you always have these ideas you have your dreams you know you kind of try to force yourself to go the way you, your dreams are going when you can, <laughs> you know, and it's cool that yeah. you were able to actually 
you know, navigate that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, like I said, this this platform is is really cool in that I can include the the full links to Spotify and Apple Music songs. There are particular songs in your catalog that are out there right now. I'm looking at like Spotify, Can't Let You Make Me, and The Last Time, and Like We Used To. Are those cool for me to add to this um this um podcast? Or is it... Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. that. That's cool. And I'll send you the links as well. But um, so so you you've got like how many videos do you actually have ready or in production that are going to be coming out? Uh, so I am, so music video wise, I'm trying to do one for every single single, um, right now, let me count. I have, uh, I think I have about five songs finished, um, right now, maybe six. Of course. Um, so all of those should have music videos and I'm in the studio all the time. So there'll be more. Um, I'm also doing vlogs. Uh, so I've started filming already. They're kind of like half vlog, half kind of reality show type thing um, to kind of show more of like what I do on a daily basis and like uh, what it takes to be a singer. But they're going to be on your YouTube channel or are they going to be like Twitch or are they going to be on a specific channel? It'll be on YouTube um, and then there'll be different videos for Instagram TV. Oh, cool. So, yeah, Instagram TV is starting to like really kick off. So how long can those be? I actually haven't used it yet. <laughs> so I'm starting with YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know all the rules with it yet or how well it's even doing, but my biggest following is on Instagram. So I thought, yeah, well, why not give it a shot? Well, I've seen some video capability that I've been using, and I think it's limited. To at least what I've been using right now is only like 10 minutes is the max you can do. Um, yeah. But, but you know, they're always increasing it. You know, initially when it was, you know, they only could do like a minute. Now you can do like 10 um but i think they're probably gonna open it up like to, to bigger shows eventually um but i think they're limited to like 10 right now i think they're trying to compete with youtube so i'm sure that they will expand that they're probably just kind of doing it gradually yeah i think they want to definitely increase that it's just um i think they're gonna kind of like beta test it to see what the what the what the feel is for that but um yeah it's cool they they I'll be definitely on the lookout for that, and I'll be pushing it out to my blog blogger page as you uh, as you get closer to your releases. Then we can always talk again. Um, yeah, that'd be perfect. What I like to do with this show is like for everybody that's on Anchor, just understand. I like to interview artists because I think they need to have a platform to to have open discussion, um, kind of like what used to happen on MTV. <laughs> yeah, um, but you don't see that as much. And YouTube, you do have guys doing this, but what I find is that when you do it in a radio format, uh, when you talk to an artist like on a radio, which is like a podcast without video, you can get some things, you can talk about things sometimes that you don't feel comfortable talking about on video. And I've, yeah. I've been able to bring things out on some, some of my podcasts that I think are pretty cool, you know, for the, for the fans of the artist to like really get a good picture of that person. So that's... That's just uh, one of the reasons I do it. Yeah, I really like it. I am, this is the only podcast I've ever been on. So, um, yeah, I like it. It's cool. It's really popular. I know a lot of people that listen to podcasts. Yeah, it's starting to get bigger and there's more and more platforms. You know, like Google has a podcast platform now, which I don't know if everybody knows about. Spotify has one. 
we have had some issues with their linkage on that, but you know, we we're definitely on Apple, definitely on radio public. We're on anchor itself, but what's cool about this, it gets pushed out to a lot of other platforms, which is really cool for the artists. Cause there's like a lot of people like to listen on different platforms and there's, there's multiple podcast platforms. So I'll, I'll let you know what all the links are. There's like, like maybe eight different ways people can listen to this. <laughs> That's really cool. I love that. Yeah, I did like you know. You never know. People have preferences of which one they want to use. You know, so it's kind of cool to have multiple options. And uh, yeah, we just we just like to push out what we can with our artists and and keep up to date with them. We one other question I had for you is like we still have your recordings on Spearman and Spearman's kind of defunct, but they they allowed the the original podcast to be saved, but they they're not active. Um, Anchor allows me to actually take those old podcasts and republish them. So, is it okay if I oh, is awesome. it okay if I take the old uh, experiment we had and like republish on this platform? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would give people a good picture of what we talked about last time. So, I can actually yeah definitely I include that as a segment on this one. Um, it might not show up right away, but what's cool about this this platform is incremental. So, this podcast initially gets published and then the songs get added and then other parts of it. So it continually can kind of um, get additional <laughs> segments. <laughs> so, so it, it's kind of cool. It doesn't just stay stagnant um, either way it gets published out, but that would be cool. So you have to get your old podcast, it probably will take a couple of days to get it on here, but eventually it'll be a part, a segment on this, on this particular cast. Awesome. Sounds good. So is there anything you want to talk to your fans about that we weren't talking about that you think they'd be interested in? Um, yeah, I feel like I covered a lot of stuff. Um, just get ready for a lot of new content. And also, please feel free to reach out to me and talk to me. I love talking to my fans and uh, seeing what you guys are up to as well. Um, but yeah, get ready for lots of new music. But yeah, one feature on this podcast is there's a voice memo feature. So if fans like listen to this podcast, they can actually send like a voice memo to the podcast. Oh, cool. So if they have some kind of comment they want to add to, they can do that and then you'll be able to, you know, get to it. Um, it would be cool. I love that. Yeah, it's kind of different. Yeah. Not a lot of people are using it. I don't think they really understand it, but I'm trying to get people aware of it. So folks, there's that capability. So you can do that if you want to try it. <laughs> do it up i'd love to hear you <laughs> all right well thank you rain for being on again and uh we get closer to your releases on the, on the stuff you want to like push let us know and we can we can do another one great i can't wait okay well have a great night or morning i'm not sure you what too. time it is there <laughs> it's night right. okay good i got it right <laughs> all right well thank you Thank you. So we're Bye. talking to Rain and this fan electric ghost, and we'll be pushing this out later tonight. And uh, everybody have a, a good time out there and uh, stay safe. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Andy artist from around the world. And we're going to talk to Rain tonight about her songs the last time and like we used to. So without further ado, let's talk to the artist, Rain. So Rain, you're there? Yeah, I am. Hello. Great. So um, we're going to try this again. We had an issue last time, but um, what I wanted to do 
is kind of like what we did last time. I wanted to discuss uh, the song the last time, and then um, we're going to play it first, and then we'll talk about it. But um, is, is that sound okay? Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, thank you. I'm going to play the last time, and then we'll talk about it on the backside. Thank you. 
So that's rain and the last time. And so rain, you're back on? Yep, I am. Great. So I wanted to talk about, before we talk about the songs, I wanted to get into maybe like, um, the history behind you, like your name, and then maybe your how long you've been in the in the industry and uh, kind of the background before you got to this song, and then maybe talk about the video as well. Okay, cool. Um, so I started music, my born name is Jasmine. So I started music under the name Jasmine, my born name. Um, and I've been doing music my whole life since I was about four. I started taking piano lessons and I was really into music. I was trained classically originally. Um, and then as I got older, I started writing. So I started writing around 10 or 11. Um, and believe it or not, they were just as sad as they are now. I love sad songs. Um, and then I didn't really, wouldn't call myself in the industry until I was about 18, 19, because then I started working with other artists. Before I was doing shows on my own, I had a rock band, actually, like a pop rock band, um, but nothing too serious. Did just a couple little shows and open mics. Then I started working with Karen Kazowski, who is an amazing songwriter and producer and friend of mine, and Emma Lee, who's an amazing songwriter herself and a singer. She's actually um, quite a successful singer as well now. And um, and we wrote an EP together called The Beginning. Um, and that did pretty well, but I didn't really know what I was doing at that point. Uh, I was kind of discovering myself and who I was. And actually, I was still going to go under the name Jasmine until uh, actually Karen was like, oh, so you're just going to use that name. And she's like, that's cool, but have you thought about it? And I never even thought of using a stage name in my life. Um, and then I was looking through a baby name book to see if anything sparked my interest. And as soon as I saw the name Rain, it's like a light went off and I just knew that that was my name. It actually felt more like my name than my own name. At the time, I was always wearing like headbands and head wraps all the time anyways and like crown type things because um, I just like them. And so then it just suited me. And uh, at this point, I feel more like Rain than Jasmine. And more people call me Rain at this point than my born name. So it's interesting. No, um, is, sorry. No, that's interesting as an artist because, like, once you take that stage name, sometimes people see you as that person. You know, you go back and talk to, you know, Bob Dylan. You know, his name is Robert Zimmerman. I didn't even know that. Yeah, his real name is Robert Zimmerman, but he changed it to Bob Dylan because he, you know, even stagecraft back then when he was a folk singer this idea of taking a stage name, you know, was something that in the industry was, it always, was always around, you know, it was just something that a lot of artists kind of got, fell into or had management. They kind of told them they should change who they are to some degree. But a lot of times you, you, once you become that other person, you kind of take on those characteristics, even in your own life a little bit. <laughs> Do you find that you, 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 you are, becoming more rain than jasmine or you feel you're still jasmine but you just you know play a role i mean it feels like it depends on who i'm with but yeah it's, i feel more like rain at this point especially because uh with the beauty of social media i'm mostly rain i'm very very busy with my music um always networking and always with people and a lot of people don't even know my real name um so yeah at this point i feel like i've become rain and if i had to change my name right now i would yeah some some people are like dylan's famous but he actually really changed it 
<laughs> really? I see. Yeah. I've thought about it actually. I was just talking to my mom about it. She's like, "No, I I picked your name." <laughs> yeah, your parents are, are too keen on that. <laughs> no, parents don't want to see their their child changing their name. But um, so the video for this song really is is fantastic. And you had mentioned the, the, the person you were working with again. Um, so that the whole the imagery in this this um, video. Do you want to kind of go through? And discuss like uh, like the whole idea and the things behind it. How much involvement you had? Yeah, for sure. Um, so actually, for me, a lot of singers find the music video part kind of frustrating. Um, but for me, that's probably one of my favorite parts. When I write a song, I always picture the video. So I knew as soon as I was sitting at the piano, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I storyboard storyboard my own videos and I um come up with the, my own storyline I do have a director who's amazing um, his name is Terrace uh but I do storyboard and I do all the designing for it and I do all the casting um I really wanted to tell kind of my side of what actually happened in my life so this song you know it's kind of a mix of real life story and a little bit of just life experience um because you never really know when you're doing anything, but especially relationships when it's going to be the last time from something simple like brushing your teeth, something so silly or, you know, the last time they tucked their hair behind your ear or whatever those silly little things are. You just never realize like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to do that. And you experience last times throughout your entire life. And um, that's always been a really interesting topic for me. So when I wrote the song, I knew I wanted it to be a single. Um, and the video was so fun to film. It took hours and hours. It took like from 6 a.m. till like midnight. Um, but it was amazing. And my co-star Jordan was fantastic too. And you filmed really that fun. in Canada, right? Yeah. In Toronto. And you're a Canadian artist, right? Yeah. And so um, how, much, uh, um, how much travel have you done outside of Canada uh, as rain? I mean, have you gone you know, worldwide with this? Are you regional to a certain degree um, with your, the way you're presenting yourself out there? Um, well, it's kind of interesting because everything I've been doing as rain has mostly been online. Um, so my label for the last time uh, and like we used to as well is actually a European label. Uh, they're actually from the Netherlands and my manager is from Belgium. Uh, and now Karen, who uh, produced the track, is in Nashville. But it's funny because I've never been to any of these places. So the beauty of the internet is um, I've never actually met my manager, but he does a great job. And I've never met my label head, but he's amazing. Um, so I guess in a way, a lot of my fans are from all over the world. Um, but I don't actually travel. I haven't done a tour yet, unfortunately. I can't wait to tour. Yeah, that's what's interesting today is like a lot of bands, they can start on like social media, like a YouTube, they could be anywhere in the world and then suddenly blow up and then they physically start getting booked. And it's not, you know, typical way the star machine was, you know, had, you know, go to Nashville, physically go to the, to the record company like Motown, or, you know, you'd have to go to, to these, uh, these big icons and, and convince them to, to, to let you in. And now yeah. with the social media, your fans kind of for, force the record companies to let you in. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting time to be a musician. 
for sure. So you would talk about um, like you were, you actually composed this on a piano, right? Initially. Yeah, I did. I write most of my music on on the piano. Um, I love the piano. It's my sole instrument, as I say. So when you write on the piano, how do you record it? Do what do you do to record it to make the demo? So I write on the piano when I'm happy with it there. I take it to GarageBand. I'm currently learning Logic, but I've just been really busy and I haven't perfected that yet. Um, I try to make it as good as I possibly can. And then I have like a list of people that I send my demos off to that are in the industry just to see like which ones I think are really good or what I should work on. I really like feedback. Um, and then when I find I'm getting a lot of good feedback about a track, then I think, okay, well, this is a potential single. I should maybe look into recording it properly. So when you record it properly, do you, um, you work with a producer and you just lay your vocals down and they do all the rest of the production? Uh, not really. Uh, so a big reason I love Karen is that so she's actually from Toronto. So we did record it in Toronto. Um, she has a home studio, a really beautiful home studio. And we spend like two to four days uh, in the studio kind of mapping out the song together. I often send her my actual garage band track and she'll pull things from it and make it better <laughs> mm -hmm. um and we kind of work on it together in the same room i like to have my hands in in all of it well that's really cool because like, a lot of people like you said based on the internet kind of um model you know some 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 bands actually you know they'll, they'll record tracks in one city in one country and then vocals are done in another country and sometimes they don't even see each other it's, so you find that actually, you know, being physically with the producer is, is useful, it's more advantageous, you know, to do it that way, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of it for me is the vibe. Like, uh, the reason I'm a musician is because I feel everything. And so, like, I like to be in the mode and to be in the mood and to be in the connection. Like, I, we often record vocals at night. She actually sets up all these lights. And we have a glass of wine. And, like, I'm all about, like, being in the right mood at the right time. Um, so, yeah, I really like like having a relationship with anyone I'm working on for my music. Yeah, I find that because sometimes yeah, I'm, a, I'm a keyboard player. And what I find sometimes is if I go and I write a song and I, and I do the vocal track separate from my piano track, that sometimes I feel like I, I like to go back and actually record the vocal and the piano simultaneously because I get uh, like a more authentic feel in some cases. And some songs I'll separate it, then I'll do my vocal tracks and I'll really other tracks down but some some songs actually kind of uh, require you to kind of play that simultaneously just to get the right vibe if you know what i mean There's no some... i 100 percent get what you mean 100 percent. i don't do well sometimes like i'll sit down at the piano before i go into the booth or if i'm starting to get like tired or whatever yeah i'll go back to the piano she'll be like okay go to the piano and, and i'll sing it through there because you just feel it more um like i love singing and playing the piano like i absolutely adore it so i totally get that that's why live versions are sometimes better because it's just in the moment yeah i think sometimes you can get a performance that has authenticity or certain like just feel that you, you can't get that feel and you could even have you had this kind of situation where you record like multiple vocals and you did like maybe 10 or 20 versions and you end up going back and say well the first two were actually still the best ones yeah for sure and then you know, sometimes people are like well you know by the time i got to the 12th one it must be better and maybe it's not you know you were actually better at the beginning 
so that's kind of especially because of overthinking i find like i'll sometimes like get like overthinking like oh i have to hit this note a certain way or i have to do this and it depends on the song too like if it's a super like i have a like a radio single uh not my next single coming up with the one after and it's like yeah like i wanted certain parts to be like catching the sound right but sometimes when you overthink it just it gets rid of the magic in your voice so. no sometimes as a vocalist like you're you're really heavy as a vocalist so a lot of times in the studio, a lot of different effects that are put on vocals. And so do you find that if you have to do a vocal that's very complicated, you're doing a lot of different effects on different sections of the song. So does that kind of take the fun out of it when you record it that way? I know professionally to get it to sound like radio friendly. Sometimes there's a lot of techniques where you're doing all kinds of things, you know, in the studio with the vocals. Now, are those being done like with you at the same time as your producer or they're being done like after or you're working together to like do the, you know different sections of the songs focus on different parts of the vocal if you know what i'm getting at no i totally i mean um generally i'm there um but she like if she's feeling something and i'm not there like i've gone home she's like oh wait i'm just really feeling something then like she'll change it but generally it's a team effort and i like I, I don't mind all the effects. Like, I'm, like, a weird person like that where I think if it pleases your ear and it sounds right, then it's good. I don't care if they're – well, like, my songs haven't used autotune yet, but, like, I would use it if it really suited a song. Um, I'm not one of these people that are kind of, like, a, a snob about effects. Like, if it sounds cool, I'm all about it. Um, but, yeah, usually I'm there. I like, I like to be there always. Yeah, because there's a lot of producers, I mean, that like to go through – every section of the song actually uses like a different type of effect on a vocal and then it changes you know going through different reverbs and digital uh you know delays and all kinds of stereo courses and different things just to add emphasis yeah in different sections and then when you when you get into the auto-tune and the voicers that you get put in at some points um it makes makes it complicated because sometimes you even have the have you done a lot of layering of your own voice to make like a choir your own voice yeah actually my next song has like a choir effect and it's just me and, and the girl i wrote it with robin just kind of like going around the room making it sound like a group of people i love that like again if it suits a song i think if if it takes over and all you're paying attention to the effects that's obviously not good but actually it's the opposite with me i i always put so much reverb and distortion i'm obsessed with distortion yeah. <laughs> and my producer's always like oh my god it's just like a big like cloudy mess like after she gets the demo like i just i put literally reverb on everything so if anything she's the one that's like no you don't need all these effects <laughs> so i'm the opposite I, I love like dreamy uh really like i don't know like kind of distortion heavy kind of things um well because my favorite artist is emotion heap and she uses a lot of really cool effects so yeah it's just a lot of times you know bands um you know going back to the beatles they, they became like a studio band you know because george martin was you know the fifth beetle and the studio became like another instrument and uh, you know i think a lot of people realize that today with all the tools people have but if you go back to that time actually going and doing an album like sergeant pepper with all the effects and the different things, the tape loops and all the different, you know, radical concepts that were put out on that record. But even today, kind of, is it like, it's like the blueprint in terms of when you go into the studio, you don't just, you know, do it straight. You know, if you go back to the 50s and the 40s, people just recording kind of not a lot of fancy effects or changes. But now today, people have so many different tools. Does it become like so many different things you can do that sometimes you get overwhelmed in terms of which way you're going to go or 
on something. Yeah, definitely. There's so there's so many cool effects and there's so many instruments and there's so many things you can do and then you can create your own instruments. So it's um yeah, I find I like I'm like I like this and I like this and I put like a million things in it. There is too much readily available almost. Um when sometimes like a nice clean simple vo- like uh recording is nice. But so, mine are always full of stuff. <laughs> so have you thought of doing just a plain um like acoustic like piano tune with like not um, very minimalistic for like your future albums that you thought of like having a couple of songs that maybe not as um layered and have so much modern capability or you want to stay within that genre it's actually funny because every time i record i perform live i do a lot of piano ballads like a lot of the ones that nobody's heard unless you've seen me live um are just like me and the piano and i get asked all the time to release just like a piano ballad adele kind of album um my next single actually is just me piano cello and violin real cello and violin um so it's a ballad um there is a little bit of i asked her to add some reverb on uh, the piano (laughs) but i love reverb i love it um but no it's very simple um and then right now actually my dad is in uh the hospital and he's probably not going to get better and while i've been there there's a piano in the next room a beautiful piano one of the most beautiful i've ever played actually and I've written a whole bunch of songs. So, um, and a lot of them are instrumental piano and some of them have vocals. So I might do an album dedicated to him and that would probably just be me and the piano. So lots of piano stuff to come. Oh, I love that. I really like, you know, you know, I'm being a keyboard player, a piano player starting, you know, then into synthesizers. I love to hear kind of stripped down music. You know, I have my pieces all over the place, but being an electronic musician, a lot of people say, "Well, you're all, you're just in the modes or you know, Hammond organs or whatever." But I like to hear, you know, acoustic like like Dylan. I, I love listening to Dylan or Johnny Cash, or even you know. So when I hear an artist, you know, like like Carly Simon, or you go back and you listen to, you know, like a lot of the old '70s music, you know, the Carpenters music, some of the piano work that was done on that. That that's very, you know, kind of brings back a lot of memories. I'm kind of you know, I just turned fifty this year, so yeah, it, it's cool. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. You, you yeah i try to stay young but <laughs> but um yeah it's just cool to hear an artist that you know doing that because a lot of artists today they're so into the tools they're so yeah. into kind of like you know not the put down mentality or the edm or the dj mentality but sometimes you don't see artists actually coming up with their own material they're kind of merging what's been done and then they create something new to say they don't create art but it's cool to actually talk to artists that actually, you know, can play a piano, they can play a guitar, they can talk about the songwriting process. I like, to, you know, and it, so what, 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 that new song, what's the name of it? You can tell us. Uh, the new song, my next one's called Come Back to Me. So what, what, how soon, what's their like uh, release date window? Uh, there's no date yet. I just put a little tiny clip of me mastering it on my Instagram. If you guys want to check that out at Rain Over You Music. Um, but I literally just, uh, my manager just sent it to my label yesterday, I believe. So, uh, it'll probably be in the next couple of months. I'm literally buying, uh, my wardrobe for the video tonight. So it will be soon. It'll be soon. And I'm really excited about it. Cause I wrote this one a long time ago with Emily and Karen. Um, and I just never really did anything with it. So I'm really excited to finally get it out there. That's cool. So. 
So you're filming that video shortly, like tomorrow? Directly? Not tomorrow, because I'm ordering the dress, so oh, to get here. It. Yeah, um, but I'll probably be uh, filming it in the next couple of weeks. And then it'll probably be... I, I don't want to say it. I don't know when the day will be. It's a lot of that's up to the label and like release plans, but it'll be in the next couple of months. So it'll be soon. Can you tell us who your label is? Just so people are interested. Yeah. So the label I'm working with right now is PM Recordings. Okay. And they're out of the Netherlands? Yeah, they're from the Netherlands. Um, they originated with dance music, but they're getting into a lot of different genres and they've been really amazing to work out work with. So you guys should check them out for sure. Yeah, we always like to support your, you know, your your partners as indie artists. You know, it's always good to every every piece of the process. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I really appreciate the help. No, I, I, that's why I felt like doing this. I like the whole story behind this whole broadcast is, uh, you know, I'm a SoundCloud indie artist, and I was found by by a spearman. The spearman app makers found me, and then started having me guest on this other guy's show uh, named Rock Tunes out of New York City. And we were we focused only talking about electronic music. We only talked about like Moogs and uh, you know Fairlights and uh, Rollins, just the totally heavily electronic music. And then he had to take a break, and I said, "Well, I'm going to keep on doing this." It was so much fun. I did it for like six months, talking to him like every Sunday, nice. in that format. And so then I started talking to other bands. And I talked to this punk band in England, um, and then I talked to an indie artist in Japan. And so I'm talking to you and I to a site from Los Angeles like last week. So it's just really cool to, to kind of get out there in the social media and, and take it's like I think people should interview artists and not charge them any money. Because I yeah. run into some people out there and won't give out their names, but there there are people out there that will force any artist to pay a fee to get into a like a podcast or to get an interview in a magazine. I felt that that's not, you know, people should just go out there and podcast and push it out there and, and force, you know, the, the issue. So if, they, if you see artists and you're in a community, you know, you put this out there. If you have this, then you do it. Yeah. So the next song I want to talk about is like we used to, so can actually play it and we can talk about it on the backside. Is that cool? All right, awesome. Okay. Thank you. 
So that was rain with like we used to and there's another video for this song as well and um yeah i was very impressed with that video i really liked the cinematography was going on that with that one so you did you work on the storyboard on that one as well yeah i did yeah that one was really fun to do um yeah same director it was really fun and so um it seems like you you've been able to get to be a video artist and so a lot of artists would probably like probably want to know how how you actually would manage that as like a brand new artist to get to do these videos that really well produced. Like, do you have any kind of like uh, anything you can talk to other artists about? Like, how did you get get the ability to do such good videos at the beginning? My advice would be to make sure that you're ready before you release anything. Um, because people will want to work with you one that are good and they will want to do it for affordable prices because they'll want to be part of your team. Um, and then like my social media and everything, I've been working on that for a while by the time I approached uh, Terrace and he's amazing and he's up and coming. So just make sure that everything you're posting is, is really high quality. And if it's a good song, then people will want to work on it. It did cost me money. It did. Um, I invested quite a bit of money in all my stuff, but a lot more affordable than um, than most music videos for sure. Um, and be picky, you know, wait till you find the right director. Um, wait till you find the right members of your team. Don't just jump in with any person uh, because all that stuff is really, really important. Um, and take it seriously. It's like a job. It's like a career. So um, really think about everything like you would any business owner would uh, take everything to an account um how's their past work um is my storyline even good um who else will i need to be part of this realistically and uh as long as you look at it like a business and you find a team that really suits you then i think you'll be good that's really good advice 
it's, 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 I haven't heard that. Well, I haven't worked with a lot of, talked to a lot of people who have videos um, out there as high quality of what I've seen from you. Uh, it's you. really, really impressive. I think that's, you know, in this video age, in this like, media age, it's real important to have the right image, like you said, and to be thoughtful about what you're doing. Though there, you know, if, if you talk to it on the other side of the coin, if you talk to artists that are more like coming from a punk aesthetic or kind of like kind of industrial or kind of electronic, they like different points of view when it comes to stuff like that. And I've talked to punk bands and stuff. They more like, I just wanted to do something like eight millimeter and kind of show up punk, punker, you know. It's a different, depends on where you are, you know, what type of artist you are. You're in a different space. So for what you're trying to do, I think you definitely have to have the kind of polish that you're talking about. I think so. And I think it's also figure out like why you're even making a video. Like if you want to, you know, if you don't really have a desire, you're doing it because you think you should. I don't think in this day and age you actually need a video. But I think if you're going to do a video, you should try to tell some sort of story whether that story is like look how cool i am as a rocker or if it's like you want to show your experience when you wrote the song but you don't have like i like videos personally but don't just release some random video just because you feel like you need to yeah i think like the whole mtv era seemed to be kind of gone for a little while because mtv all they did was just show tv shows instead of videos <laughs> yeah <laughs> but now that we have other types of social media like the youtubes of the world now videos seem to be coming back. It's to be now a lot of bands that weren't doing videos are doing videos again. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, video age seems to be coming back, and there are actually a specific MTV channel that actually do show music to TV. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I think that's uh, you know for artists, I think that that was a really big thing back in the day. You know, kind of showing my age, but back when MTV first started, and I was a young you know fan. It was just incredible to see those new wave bands. You know, to see those the Flock of Seagulls, Duran Duran, to see the all these original, the original, you know, new wave, new romantic type music that was coming out of England, and it revolutionized you know, the music industry because no one would ever really bought that music um, unless they saw it on MTV. It wasn't going to get played on the radio, um, and so I think it gives artists they probably would have never got put on a playlist uh, a way to get out there. And I think the net is the same way. I think that as artists, the artists, they kind of break through. What, what's your opinion about like the way social media allows like indie artists to get through compared to the normal structure? I think that it's amazing if you know what you're doing. Um, I think it's there's a lot of positives, but with all positive come negative. So before, um, like labels had all the control which sucked if you couldn't get into a label but labels also had more money so if you did get that label support they would you know treat you like their own and they put so much money into you and you'd really get that support and no one really had anywhere else but to from the labels uh to get their music so there's probably a lot of amazing indie artists that we never heard of just because they could not do the exposure because internet didn't exist so what's great now is anyone can now just release whatever they want uh, any quality they want, and they could just put it up, which is great, but now the market's really flooded. So there's a lot more content. So you have to make sure that when you do release something, it is marketed properly, or no one's probably going to see it anyways. So it's amazing if you do it properly, but it's a lot of work. Um, like I spend at least one to three hours a day day probably just working on what I'm going to post on my social media um, planning out my next promo for my videos taking pictures 
I've learned to do makeup now for it. Um, and I personally love all that part. Like I've always been into makeup and fashion and I wear wigs and I'm all about that. But I think for some artists who just want to focus on music, it can be actually really stressful and a really hard uh, part of it. I've heard from like rockers or, or guys that are more like traditional music. They don't want to, they don't want to go into stagecraft you know, they don't want to create, create a, like an image. They don't want to have a stage name. They just want to be able to go out and they're like a good virtuoso or a drummer that's you know, an awesome drummer. And they just want to play like 1968 and just go out on a stage. And because you're a good musician, get recognized that way. I was like, well, you have to put some effort into promotion or no one's ever going to see you. Yeah. That's the thing that works. If maybe you're a, like a studio musician or you're going on tour with another band. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's like the whole effort of um, you know just being out there. It's just hard to get attention unless you come up with some kind of stagecraft. So that kind of leads me to talk a little bit about your your stage presence or your video presence and how you portray yourself. Like your whole image. Maybe you want to talk about the whole idea of like what how you present as your you know your stagecraft. So. Um... I basically want to take you through like story time. Uh, like my whole image is like a queen and it's not like I'm better than you queen. It's more like think like Disney, like storytelling, but dark. Um, and it's like every video and every song that I release, I want it to be, I want you to be able to hear my story and to be there, like feel what I felt when I wrote the song um just as if you were me um i want you to take you on a journey like story time um and i want everything to be like mystical and dreamy and and a little bit sad and dark and um yeah i'd say like disney mystical would be kind of my image seems like, like a universal kind of you know princess kind of queen you know eagle type of thing but it doesn't feel like you're you're being you know ostentatious it seems more like mis like mysticism it seems yeah more like that and and also it also kind of leads to talk about a lot of songwriters like pain seems to be the primary motivation with a lot of songwriters or melancholy or you're talking about people where like the damage has already been done kind of this you know reference to like neil young and it's something i was talking with brian you know who we were doing the podcast is like a lot of times artists when you see their the protagonist in their song like the damage has already been done there's already been something that some traumatic event and the person song kind of relaying a piece of that story but the person already in that place and it seems like you maybe you you, you seem to be that focuses on the kind of melancholy but also this kind of this image your image of this like regalness is maybe a way to get above it at the same time you're talking about that in your actual image yeah, I guess so. Um, I never really thought of it like that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting, actually, uh, perspective. I just, you know, I'm coming from a kind of this old, uh, as, a, as an artist, I was like influenced by a lot of romantic poetry, like William Blake and Tennyson. And people were like, well, how is an electronic artist going to use William Blake or Tennyson? But a lot of, you know, all poetry is like, the, it's the foundation of songs. You know, if you go back and let's read the old Victorian poets, and then you just adjust those concepts and you put them into music. They become songs you know, like anything they like, like a Carl Simon would write, a Carl would write. Kind of comes from those same feelings, maybe not as 
verbose or is, is expansive as the, the Victorian poets. But if you kind of look at that, a lot of a lot of music, you know, if you go back to the new wave, the new romantic, new romantics or the new waves that came out of England came from those kind of perspectives and yeah. idea if, of the whole kind of, if you look at the whole like David Bowie look or the new wave look that was kind of gender bender, it was kind of like metrosexual, it was like, you know, it wasn't clear, you see Duran Duran, the kind of female male at the same time, like androgyny type of thing going on. You go back to the Victorian era, that's what it was. And so a lot of people don't realize that like a lot of those ideas seem to just get co-opted and brought back in the thought of as being, oh, this is new modern, but a lot of times it can go back to that time period if you think about it. I mean, yeah, we recycle everything because humans can only experience so much. Uh, things have changed, but it's definitely, everything's kind of been done in a way. And we're just kind of recycling it in a new in a new way. We still feel the same emotions and go through generally the same same events, just slightly differently. And, and then we, as artists, reflect on those situations and make our art. So it makes perfect sense. So it's um, so you're actually hard at work on your on your next project, like a full album or an EP. So I, I'm actually waiting to see if I can get a grant. Uh, if I get a grant, then it should be an album. Uh, right now, I'm focusing on singles, though. I think that singles are kind of the way music has gone, unless you have a lot of like a ton of fans. Um, so right now I'm just kind of doing single by single basis. Um, I am hoping to do an album though. I have, I've written over a hundred songs and I'm like dying to get so many of them out. So hopefully an album soon, but probably at least an EP. Yeah. This seems like in this age with, you know, on the iTunes and Spotify, the people, you know, the, this generation compared to my generation initially, we were kind of album oriented. I still remember listening to vinyl. And you know, going back and like listening to Sgt. Pepper's all the way through, you know, mm -hmm. going listening to a Led Zeppelin album all the way through. That's kind of the way music was done. You you take your vinyl, you go into a room, you do other things. <laughs> you you would you would sit there, and the, the album was you know not to just skip around. And it's yeah. like the, the artists today, you see, you know, so many people can they have these playlists and and they just they don't like the album format as much as what it used to be. Um, so it's like kind of driven by singles. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating um, because there's good and there's, again, there's good and there's bad. Like, because there's so much content and our brains have literally changed, uh, especially the younger people get, um, where it's like, I must consume at all moments. And like, people have attention spans are so short. Like now it used to be 3.30 was ideal for a single. Now it's three minutes. Like people cannot wait, you have to get to your chorus by a minute. People are like, oh, next thing, next thing, next thing. So the problem is, is that the odds of someone even getting through your whole album, even if they like you, is unlikely. And then if they listen to your album, they'll probably like it for maybe a week, and then they'll move to the next artist, and then you've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars and like all of your time for a year on an album, and people just move move on even for big artists like lord's new album i absolutely love it's one of my favorite albums of the year and i did listen to it all the way through many many times but you heard about it for like i don't know a, a couple weeks and then everyone moved on to the next thing so it's really hard to be in a in a society like this yeah i mean as an electronic musician i kind of come from the old progressive point like my heroes were like yes 
Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Genesis, and the concept out. And so a lot of the electronic musicians I, I play with, I hang out with, we're still all in the kind of space. Yeah. And we're not all about trying to make as much money as possible, but we're kind of more into like, we feel this type of music and we're going to write it, whether or not we have a limited audience. And and within our community of the like the electronic, electronica, synth wave stuff, people do actually listen to our stuff. Um, but, you know, we don't make a lot of money, but we still believe in that format of the album or the concept album. And, and so that's kind of a niche place because not a lot of kids are into that. But the people that we we gravitate to and when we play shows like in New York City and stuff, I played New, New York like three times. There's, there's, you know, there's a feel for that type of music. And a lot of times if you play live, the benefit of, of being that type of artist when you have a big stack of synthesizers and, and you're out there and you're actually playing live, it's kind of like that's the place that that music still works. If you can get in front of an audience that likes it. And oh, yeah, for sure. Play in front of them, then you can keep on doing that type of music, but you have to go out and tour. <laughs> if you want to do that kind of work <laughs> and tour to the right people yeah i think it's hard to when it's like where am i going to put my money i think that's the thing like if i was rich i would release i would release a song every single month for two years at least with a video like i would just like work 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 get songs out that's what i would do um i would still do singles but they'd be so constant and then at the end of the year i'd make them into an album so that's like my dream format um i did i have started making money from my music it's kind of awesome but i'm nowhere near the point where um i'm able to to do something like that so uh i'm 100 percent down with the albums i love them i actually try even though i have not been doing a great I try every month or two to buy an album, like an actual CD, mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> um, and artist. then I play it in my car all the way through. And I try to pick uh, an artist or a band that I've maybe heard a single I liked, kind of, and and then give the album a chance. Like I love Mumford and Sons, and I didn't know I would, and I bought the new album, and I'm obsessed with it. I absolutely love it, and the album is such a beautiful piece of work, single by single. I like with the songs, but it's one of those albums that just flows together so nicely as, as an album. And so many people will never know that even some of the people that would say they're, they're fans. Um, so I'm all about albums. It's just, will I make my money back from doing an album at this point in my career? Sadly, probably not. Do you, what do you think about vinyl? Do you think that if you did something on vinyl, people would buy it or your audience is not really geared toward vinyl? I don't know. I think it's too soon to tell because in this new era, I've only released two singles. Um, it's hard to say. I do have a lot of fans that are teenagers, so I'm not sure. But it's pretty trendy to do vinyl. Um, I I like I like vinyl. Yeah, I'm having mixed the, feelings. <laughs> well, yeah, the return on vinyl is actually really good for the artist. Because a lot of times, when you do vinyl, what what I've heard from people, I've talked to a couple of like record company guys, is like when you do a record on vinyl, they're 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 an artist you get a lot more money and and the actual consumer is willing to spend more uh, so the weird place where in music where you know cd sales are going down but like vinyl sales are going crazy you know you know jack white you know is a good example his, his operation out in nashville you know he he runs a record company now and and he he does vinyl and his vinyl records are selling very well and a lot of artists are, are going to do vinyl and there's a lot of all the small vinyl companies coming out. And when you do that, they're like the profit ratio versus a CD 
is significant, you know, compared to how much an artist actually gets. And then different things you can do with the format in terms of you can have posters, you have stickers, you can have these things in the 70s. People liked about vinyl was as an artist, you present things in a vinyl format where you can have all these different artistic expressions, you know, within the package of, of a vinyl record that you can't do with the virtual stuff, with the MP3s and the, and the wave files. And I think some music fans appreciate that. And so it's just something. You no, know, you know, like dance like Radioheads or the Mogwas of the world or Pearl Jam, they really are into that kind of stuff. But um, I noticed that it seems to be a big trend. Yeah, I love it. I like, I love all of the, um, like the hard copy stuff, like all of the, like, like I would love to do that and like write about what each song's about and like have pictures and yeah, I'm all about it. Um, I just, yeah, I guess it depends on your fan base too. That's a big thing. Like you said, the art, the bands that you named, it's probably an older audience. Not old, but not like thirteen. Yeah, yeah, fifteen year olds, right? Are, yeah, they're not so much into it, but like maybe the, the kid, the college kids seem to be into it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just cool if you think about it. Like, it, you have something in a vinyl format, you could have like a diary. Yeah, it's like a book inside the album, and if you had a concept that you're talking about something, you could include this diary as like a lyric book and yeah so that's the kind of thing in that format allows a lot of cool things that to be done that you can do in the other formats i mean you could do a pdf and how many people download it you know yeah <laughs> it's probably not no probably way. not people, doing that <laughs> people are probably gonna not see it and it's like well i have not care what it is but you actually physically have it. it it just causes a whole different thing but i think it's just interesting to see you know what how art is is out there and people seem to have like romantic notions about vinyl you know and saying it sounds better and you know people can argue you know does it or not um i think it does but i come from the generation that used to you know listen to it that way initially um yeah or, I, don't, I don't know I me mean, other people can argue it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like vinyl i think it depends on the song though like i think if you're gonna do like, I think uh, my next single coming up would sound really good on vinyl. Uh, the one after that, that's like radio friendly and kind of EDM. I don't know. Like, I think more of like a polished, clean sound might yeah, sound better. They, you know they, what I mean? Yeah, the piece sounds might not come out on the vinyl the way they're each today. Because uh, it wasn't, you know, vinyl wasn't really made for that type of music. No, um, definitely not. So I think you get to EDM, disco, techno you know, heavy stuff, really big bass, probably the modern uh, you know, mastering technique show better on, on, a, on an MP3 or a WAV file than they would on a on vinyl. But you're talking about more atmospheric stuff, like real acoustic instruments, like pianos and cellos and violins. I think they actually do sound a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. So that's really cool. So for all your fans, if they want to get your music can you tell to just tell them like where you, they can get it yes you can get my music on any platform uh all the way from spotify to title uh youtube anywhere uh, apple music please uh feel free to listen and i love feedback like uh shoot me a dm on instagram like i often i try to get to everybody i try to actually talk to everybody on my instagram um i love to hear from you guys and what you guys think so yeah please check it out so what we're going to do with this broadcast is we're going to send you the link and you can push it out to all your social media 
we're going to push it out on our social media. Um, and we've got about 70,000 fans on SoundCloud to follow us. And, you know, so we'll push it out. Um, and we'll push it out on our YouTube and our Instagram and Twitter and everything else. And we have a blog spot as well where we put a page for all these Spearman chats on our Fan Electric Ghost blog spot. And so every every time I've talked to somebody, it's, I have a page that has all the conversations. And so we'll put it out there. We typically get about 1,000 to 2,000 listens um, at this point we're hoping to increase that and so we, we look forward to uh, you know seeing where you are in your career and hopefully being able to talk to you maybe six months from now if you're not too big to talk to. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I'd love to talk to you again like this is a lot of fun <laughs> be cool. so we'll see the link after we uh, we check the file make sure it's cool and then um, you can just take it wherever you want and uh, we'll push it out to our place and if you have you want to send me to include when I push it out, like hyperlinks or anything you have, or any um, like images you want. Like when I push it out, you can send me you know, like uh, on the, on the Instagram any kind of link you want to me. Um, if you need, if you want to do that, just let me know. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, thank you. This was Rain, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing your new work. And we're looking forward to that new video you're working on. So. A couple, like what, a month or two, maybe the video will be done. Yeah, I'm trying to get as soon as possible, so I'll okay. let you know. <laughs> let us know, and we'll push it out to people when, when it's out there. So we'll. Awesome, thank you. Okay, well, have a good night. We yeah, you too.